Weekly Wheaties, 2332, Big Tech, Hackers, AVs, EVs, Emergency Preparedness. How big is too big? The paradox of software company growth. According to the U.S. Census, 97% of businesses in the U.S. have less than 100 employees. Even crazier, 74% have less than 10 employees. I can only imagine that number is greater worldwide. So how big it too big? And what does that mean for their customers? Once a business has more than about 10 to 15 employees, communication starts to break down. Research here isn't much more specific to a number, but that's okay. However, it is important that we understand at some point with some number of people in a working unit, group, or organization, communication barriers start to arise. To visualize this easily, more than about 10 people can't fit around the same table and be involved in the same conversation. You've even witnessed this at your family holiday dinners. Although some may argue that number may even be smaller, that isn't the point of this discussion. Now consider companies that only offer digital goods. In general, they still have hardware or physical assets. If not on location, they would at least pay for digital access. So as their software and hardware grows to do more and more, the issue of development grows, potentially causing issues, and the hardware tail grows, again, potentially causing issues. These companies may do what any good business does. They listen to their customer base and make updates as deemed necessary. Maybe their software started out doing X, Y, and Z and attracted a certain clientele. Now that clientele has grown too and needs more from their software. After submitting feature requests, the business updates their software to now do A, B, and C. Instead of the customers paying $10 a month for three or more different software services, they can pay $30 a month for one piece of software. The customers are happy, as is the business. It's a win-win. Except for others, it's the exact opposite. That software that cost $30 a month may have started out as a $10 a month software that another customer only paid for it because it could do Y. And now they have to choose between finding a new piece of software or potentially overpaying. That's the software world we live in today. In other cases, as these software businesses grow, they may be forced to shut down for growing too fast, become purchased by a much larger software company, or become Sherlock. I've seen some of my favorite softwares over the years have a very reasonable monthly fee, even after having a one-time fee. But their costs grew so much it pushed me out of their product. On one hand, this can be great for a company because they can keep raising their prices until they have a very niche market that's willing to pay for a great product and customer service. But on the other hand, small businesses are being priced out of using software that would otherwise be a win-win for both parties involved. With the statistics we've seen, how big is too big for software companies? In case you missed it, hackers take over satellites and vehicles. At a Black Hat security conference, a PhD student from Germany shared how easy it was to potentially take over three satellites while in orbit. While these specific satellites probably aren't handling governmental secrets, hijacking one could allow the user to send it off course crashing into other satellites. With the amount of debris floating around above the surface, it may prove to be an important find moving forward. Read more at the register. Similarly, the conversation shares how hackers, better called thieves in this instance, can copy wireless signals for replication to steal certain vehicles. This is interesting because it requires a bit more than this mash and grab concept we saw happen with various Hyundai and Kia vehicles last year. Thieves are updating their methods, and manufacturers must make changes. 
I know I'm biased, but a cool security feature on Tesla's Mimic cell phones, pin to drive. In case you missed it, autonomous and electric vehicle updates. I've shared a lot about EVs, but a similar topic includes autonomous vehicles, which may be either an electric or internal combustion engine. The California Public Utilities Commission, CPUC, has allowed Google's Waymo and GM's Cruise's autonomous vehicles to now operate 24-7 on the San Francisco Peninsula. Although there appeared to be close to a 50-50 difference of public acceptance, the board voted 3-1 to one in approval. Less than 24 hours later, upwards of 10 driverless vehicles caused a traffic jam due to an overload of cell towers surrounding a music festival. It appears the manufacturers could not communicate with the vehicles to send updated routing information. Not a great start. Read more at Engadget. On the EV front, Telsa is now offering a less expensive option of their Model S and X. For $10,000 less, the standard range shows 320 miles compared to the long range's 405 miles. The kicker here is both vehicles have the same battery pack, meaning the performance and battery range are software limited, not a physical hardware difference. This isn't new to Tesla, as they've taken a loss on similar offerings in the past with software upgrades available after purchase. In case you missed it, AI headlines. Amazon is looking to leverage their Amazon Web Services with new custom AI chips. Lupe Fiasco teamed up with Google's TextFX to co-write Glass of Water on YouTube. Austin Armstrong shares 150 other AI websites and tools to help in your business journey. Pick of the Week Individual Preparedness for Emergencies With hurricane season approaching, it's time to prepare and make sure things flow smoothly should there be a power loss to your home. Although the Gulf region is most likely to see hurricanes, they have made their way up north before. Not to mention, other parts of the country deal with tornadoes, fires, and other forms of natural disasters that would all benefit from individual preparedness. Specific to hurricanes, the Advocate has shared a list of non-perishable shelf-stable foods to keep in your pantry to prepare. This includes grains, proteins, fruits, vegetables, and dairy products. They also mention other useful items to keep on hand for when there's no running water or electricity. For more information on preparation for all natural disasters, check out ready.gov. Weekly Wheaties is a reader-supported publication. To receive new posts and support my work, consider becoming a free or paid subscriber. Links for the above-mentioned items are available at weeklyweedies.com.